Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 30. We hit the dirty 30. Congratulations to Mike Price. You're over there in Austin, Texas. The Texas rattlesnake himself. That's right. Uh, Do you smell what the the rattlesnake is cooking? Uh, (laughs) That's how it goes. That's great. (laughs) Do you smell what the rattlesnake is cooking? Woo! Rattlesnake. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) I'm Eric Gosson, of course. Uh, Still haven't changed my name, but I'm looking into it. Um, Hey, write in at KillstreakPod on Twitter uh, and I'll take <laughs> votes for what my new name should be, <laughs> and think, I'll do anything. You guys know me; I have oh, no he shame. Will do anything. That's right. <laughs> One time when I was in high school, I was broke all the time. We used to hang out at this place, George Webb's, which was like uh, like a kind of crappy diner that was open twenty four hours a day, and uh, you could get a cheeseburger for ninety nine cents. But frequently, I had zero cents, and one time. <laughs> Sure. One time, my fucked up friends were like, oh, we'll give you $3 if you eat a cigarette butt out of that ashtray. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. I wanted two cheeseburgers and a, and a coffee, so yes. And I, I swallowed a cigarette butt with a gulp of water. Yeah. I, uh, I remember when I was a teenage dirtbag <laughs> sleeping in my friend's yard in a camper, and uh, we snuck up to the nearby hospital, uh-huh. and... Stole cigarette butts from the ashtray and took the remaining like little bits and rolled it up into like oh, with yeah. paper. Uh huh. Oh paper. no, not with rolling papers. No. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would do that shit in my own apartment in college. Like that was like a once a month occasion where I would make a cigarette from the leavings of other cigarette butts, but I would use rolling oh. papers to do it. Gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gross, aren't you happy you don't have that habit anymore? Yeah, I'm very glad I don't smoke anymore. I don't miss it for a second. Yeah, it's dumb. Uh, but speaking of habits, we're here to talk about the habit of killing people and mauling them, <laughs> which oh, inflicts some of the characters in this movie series. <laughs> Smoother than a baby's bottom. <laughs> we're talking... Ginger snaps back the beginning. Uh, I did not realize until you pointed it out to me. I think last episode that Ginger snaps back is the full title. It's clunky. What? Do you, what? It's clunky. I don't <laughs> just call it Ginger snaps three. Don't get too cute. Right. Or if it's like or call it Ginger snaps back could be the the whole title if you really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Or, or even just like Ginger Snaps 3, mm-hmm. Ginger Snaps Back. I sure. don't know. Yeah. Any number of options. I mean, I feel like just in terms, if I'm like editing the copy here, it, the name of the series is Ginger Snaps. The first movie is Ginger Snaps. So you can't put a colon after Ginger Snaps Back. No. Because, because like, the, yeah, anyways. Ah. Man, is it technically a different film series? <laughs> right, Should exactly. Should we discount this movie from the series? It's not canonical. Uh, this, oh. this is a spinoff. It starts its own uh, in-universe mythology. I wonder if they were to have more Ginger Snaps movies. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think the ship sailed, unless it's a straight-up reboot. If they would have gone back to present day or stayed in this past setting. 
there's no way to answer that question. No, no, there isn't. We can't. We can't say. I think you go to the future. That's the uh, that's the obvious next step. Oh, ginger snaps in space. Mm-hmm. There it is. All right. Wow. You can send the check in to space. Kill nobody can pod. hear the ginger snap. Man, you're uh, killing right. it. You're really knocking it out of the park. <laughs> I'm uh, punchy today. I've, my eyes feel like they're going to burn out of my head because I've been ah. staring at screens mm. all day, all week, all my life. Any hoosies, blood and guts check. You watched Ginger Snaps back the beginning. I did. It's my, I watched it. It's my responsibility as a co-host of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of it? Um, Ginger Snaps back, colon, the beginning. Uh, this film for me was... A valiant swing and a miss, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I gotta give credit to not just this movie, but this whole trilogy. Both of these sequels absolutely get points for trying some new stuff, going yeah. in interesting directions. This one has potential, and you hear the elevator pitch, and you say, oh, that could be really interesting. And there are some elements that were solid, but all in all, uh, you know... It's kind of a snooze. Yeah, that's my biggest critique is it's kind of boring. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said, when this when you expect this series to zig, it zags. Um, mm-hmm. And especially with, like, last movie was pretty unpredictable. This one, th- other than the setting, it kind of just charts a course and, and sees it through from, the, from start to end. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I just kind of don't like this setting this mm-hmm. time period in movies i i kind of just automatically get bored sure uh i mean <laughs> this is only a mild diversion but it's like life in this time must have been really fucking boring yeah it must have sucked right yeah <laughs> isn't there isn't that like a is that a bbc or a pbs show they have that reality show where they like a family lives in like colonial in, in in like that oh, environment that familiar i've never seen it but it sounds like a good idea and it also sounds so painful uh and yeah. i don't just mean like getting losing my cell phone like whatever i don't need like you i could go no screens and still have a decent time but just this idea of like no electricity there's, yeah, like this life, this front. So this movie takes place on like the Canadian frontier, essentially. I mean, it's not really the frontier so much as it's. I think it's like Hudson Bay, right? It's um, yeah. I I want to say they set it early nineteenth century. I think the movie says it's eighteen. It's eighteen uh, eighteen fourteen. Eighteen fourteen, yeah. So it's like you got no electricity. There's like entertainment outside of a city environment, <laughs> like. Yeah. Is you have books and candles, candles, <laughs> um, metal yeah. toys. <laughs> yeah, you can play an instrument. There's no recorded music, although anach- anachronism in this movie. There is a like they do. I think you do see like a wax cylinder thing somewhere, and it's like that's. Oh really? It's like fifty years too that. early. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, and I think that's, to go back to your point, it's like reflected in the movie. It's just like, yeah, life was boring then. This is boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some point. there are some high points in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did. Uh, I liked like the the thing, kind of the thing esque paranoia that's sure. running throughout the camp. I mean, that just seems like a deliberate choice mm-hmm. setting this in like the this wilderness outpost in the winter, and just like everybody there is paranoid. And, and yeah, they even have a little test that tests if yeah. you're. You know, not not a thing, a wearable. Right. I think you're onto something there, though. Yeah, with that connection. But, um, yeah, and I think you lose a lot of the more feminine aspects of the first two movies. Um, Which is, it's weird. It's a weird decision because it's not like mm-hmm. you couldn't go that route. It's mm-hmm. like they they are the only two women in this fort full of desperate men. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow this movie manages to pretty much just sideline their gender identity. Uh, it's completely desexualized, which is weird because like, yeah, this movie starts yeah. with like, it's a puberty metaphor and now yeah. it's like, Oh, now it's just sexless. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. Um, I mean, other than like, like briefly making out with, the hunter i think right. at one point at one point and like there's some th- there's always like a threat mm-hmm. of maybe something will happen like the that guy james i was like you yeah have a pretty mouth or whatever mm-hmm. the hell um but yeah i don't know it's just like the first two movies do such a good job at like taking a real crack at this right you know this horror genre werewolf genre told from a really feminine point of view mm-hmm. and it just kind of loses it in this one and there's so many you know the the the, 18, the early uh the eighteen fourteen was not a good period for women. I feel like there's some right things they could have done w- with that. Yeah, it's funny because I think this movie it like it flirts with a bunch of potentially interesting themes and then delivers on almost none of them. Right. Yeah. So it's like you could play off the uh, the sort of presence of these two women. Uh, in this fort, right? Or there's there's plenty of fertile ground to be mined with like the collision of all of these white uh, European settlers and then like the indigenous characters. But that ends up being just kind of nothing, right? Yeah, um, other than just some like casual racism of some of the characters, right? It's not, I don't yeah, it's kind of like nothing really there. The movie doesn't have anything to say about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, and again, like there are lots of things, you know, like the thing is a great example. Like the thing manages to make a really huge meal out of like paranoia. Right. And um, like that idea of, I mean, just any, something as simple as like trust. Right. And this again, this movie like fails to take advantage of any of the central themes that it could grasp onto if it wanted to. And I think a lot of that, you know, not to like, fire shots too hard but it's it's like a script thing i think this comes down to yeah, yeah to, to the script this movie has and the other thing that i'll just call out which was one criticism that i share from the previous movie the humor is gone it's just like it's gone yeah it is the first movie is funny it's like witty it's acerbic it's like dark but fun and various points and then Unleashed has less and less of that. And then this movie is just totally straight all the way through. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, what did you think of the look of the movie? Um, I'll, I'll say what I thought. But you've been mm. very critical of yeah. the Canadian TV look sure. of these. 
I think a lot of the outdoor stuff looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like that, like magic hour yeah. kind of stuff. But then once you're inside, it goes back to being a Canadian TV show. I think I agree with you a hundred percent. When the movie started, I was like, Oh, this looks really good. This is like, yeah. this is the most cinematic looking of all three of these. And I think that still remains true of the outdoor, uh, scenes. And then, yeah, when they get inside the fort, it looks like, uh, you know, yeah, it, it it looks like a like a masterpiece theater drama, right? Like they just yeah, found yeah, some yeah, yeah. some period house to shoot in. Yeah, and it's again. like a very PBS looking, mm-hmm. right? Although I think that master house from the outside looks pretty cool. Like yeah. there's some so there's some really cool shots of it, like all lit up in the like dusk. Totally. Like, oh, that looks that looks rad. Yeah, um, but the, the exteriors yeah, are that, super solid. In in uh. I'm sus. I'm sick of people ge- like just handsome people being cast all the time, no uh, matter what the role. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like other than like Doctor Murphy, yeah. Everybody else is like pretty traditionally attractive. Sure. In a time where everybody must be fucking dirty, ugly, and hairy. You know what I mean? Yeah, give me give me some Giamatti's in there. Huh? Yeah, get a Giamatti in there. <laughs> Gandolfini, uh, he was alive then. What? Gandolfini's a handsome <laughs> yeah, guy. Know. He's just. I know like... you're right. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I've just been seeing a lot of. There's so much Sopranos discourse lately. It's funny. Mm, yeah. What's a great show? New generations finding it. I gotta rewatch it. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cinematographer um went on to he shot the last two Chucky movies, both of which I thought were pretty. Oh, well cool. Done. Yeah. And other and and then not shockingly, lots of Canadian TV. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In, in general, if you look on IMDb and you have a question about what, uh, just you know, it's like spinning a globe and sticking your finger down. It's like, well, what does this person's resume look like? And the answer is lots of Canadian TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot less to talk about pre-production wise with this one because. One, we covered some of it last time because um, this was shot sort of in sequence back to back with Unleashed. Um, different director, different writers, but similar circumstances. Uh, the director here, whereas the director for Unleashed was the editor of the original Ginger Snaps, this time we have Grant Harvey, who was the second unit director for the original Ginger Snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the writers. Two writers, one of which is a woman named Christina Ray, who I think got attached to the project in a very similar fashion to the previous movie. Her first produced script, um, she had won some awards, like submitting scripts and stuff like that. And the other guy, Stephen Massacott, uh, who has like almost no resume to speak of, but uh, he's Canadian. Uh, everyone's Canadian, in case you were curious. They're all <laughs> Canadian. Uh, yeah, not much uh, in the cast. I don't know. What a Question? Oh, I was just trying to. I'm looking to see if they were okay. So it looks like my my question was, what was the release timeline of this? Mm-hmm. If they were they were shot back to back, were they released like at the same time? Yeah, and it looks like no. The first one was in January, and this one was in August. Yeah, so the, later that year, the first one had a limited theatrical release, uh, and did not perform up to whatever benchmark they were hoping to hit. And so there was a question as to whether this, the third one, was going to get a theatrical release or go direct to video. 
And after the underperformance of Ginger Snaps 2, this one did get shuffled off to video. Uh, and which makes me feel like it probably did get released sooner. They probably they might have sat on it longer otherwise and done a little bit of a publicity campaign for it. But I think instead they just mm-hmm. kind of popped it out on DVD. Gotcha. Um, yeah. No noteworthies in the cast really to speak of outside of returning Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I I want to give credit to this movie for things like... I mean, I think that the set design is pretty good. I think that the costume work is good. Uh, I think that Isabel and Perkins continue to be... I think they really scored in the casting with those two. I think that they are... For a movie of this caliber, and this one in particular, like feels not great to me. It's you would expect the acting to be worse from your principles, but they are. Yeah, they're better. They're better I, than the material. And I, I think Perkins is given is not clearly not given as much as she did in this last movie. Yeah. Um, and like you know, last, she did a great job with the last movie, mm-hmm. and in this one is kind of like I don't want to accuse her of taking some time <laughs> down, some downtime. Yeah, but she, she just doesn't have as much to do. No, she's got. I mean, what kind of story arc does she have? Really, yeah, nothing. And nothing. and I also think that you know, again, another way in which this this one of the three, I feel like it let me down just a little bit, is in that you know there are obviously other things that happen around the fringes of the story, but it's once again, it's just Ginger gets bitten and is turning into a werewolf over the course of a movie. Yeah. You know? And it's like I was expecting um there to be a little twist, like maybe Bridget mm-hmm. now is the one who's bit and sure. the roles are reversed. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah, um, or like is... or or like in a traditional not necessarily a traditional werewolf movie, because I guess the traditional werewolf movie does usually have the protagonist like sort of battling the curse, the infection, right? But it's like, what if they didn't get bitten? until towards what if they were just battling off werewolves until close to the end of the movie like that yeah that could have been different you know there's a lot of ways it could have gone in more interesting directions and i feel like it just doesn't it missed a lot of off ramps towards better towards a better uh script yeah um yeah so yeah that's all that's all i mean and i mean i'll say this just because you know, usually you're the one who issues this disclaimer, but this movie isn't that bad. It's just not right. Yeah, it's not really good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, it was disappointing after the last couple for me. Yeah, and I would say like I probably was a little less disappointed maybe because I didn't like Unleashed quite as much as you did, but I do still mm-hmm. feel like I I had higher hopes for this one. And they were not. Yeah, me they, too. They just weren't met, unfortunately. Um, All right. Well, get, get hey, people real excited to hear the synopsis. Yeah, just <laughs> we'll get more in depth with what uh-huh. what worked and what didn't work. <laughs> what didn't worked after we hear a little word from our sponsors. Okay, we open up. Uh, on some maps and we get some text on the screen in its push westward the northern legion trading company established an outpost in the wilderness each spring thirst 
thirsty. <laughs> Each spring, 36 men from the fort travel to the Hudson's Bay in York, boats laden with animal pelts. The boatmen would return in the fall with provisions to survive the harsh winter. In 1814, they never came back. And then, real quick, we get a fucking wolf kill right off the bat. Yeah. Well, legit jump scare scared me. Um, there's music over all this opening, and it is straight up Shawshank Redemption. Oh, is it really? Did you notice this? No, I did not notice that, no. I googled it like crazy, and apparently this is an original score, but, like, it is the exact, it's like a cello, and it is the same fucking notes as it's the stoic theme as it's called from Shawshank Redemption okay. so <laughs> if you're watching this movie listen to the intro pause it go on Spotify go on YouTube listen to stoic theme from Shawshank tell me they're not the same uh, and uh, and while you're there check out the soundtrack for another Yeti a love story life on the streets on Bandcamp and then uh, listen to the track share me a story and then uh, there's a certain Trent Reznor in Atticus Rose is Atticus Ross 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 Ross, Ross. Uh, track I think on the Watchmen soundtrack that sounds just like it and I think they really yeah. what what track I wish I could remember um, I'll, you want I'll, me to listen to the whole fucking Watchmen soundtrack just to find it check it out <laughs> so listen to this one it's a big ass and then listen asking. to this like triple triple disc <laughs> just to like be like oh yeah, yeah that sounds kind of the same it's a uh-huh. similar chord progression <laughs> uh, anyway right. so we get some horrible ps3 era graphics uh for a title card it's bad this is this yeah. is probably the worst of the title cards for this series so far it looks like it's like dripping dust or something uh-huh yeah come on guys get it together um, we got some shots of the woods, an old drawing of people being attacked by wolves over the titles. Um, and then Bridget gives a little narration. The Indians say the curse began in the ancients, with the ancients and was passed down through the generations. There are legends of the Wendigo and the coming of the red and the black. Legends of the day of reckoning when death would consume the land and, would, and good would face evil. Of the of the day, the curse would be broken forever, or go stronger. We got uh, Bridget and Ginger. They're on horseback, riding through the woods. Um, two sisters bound in blood, not to be broken. Together forever. Um, they think they're lost. The horse gets skittish as they're walking through the woods, uh, and they pass this like Karen with antlers and feathers hanging from trees. Yeah, suddenly she's, in like she's angrily yelling at a manager. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It sounded like you said Karen. Karen, how do you say it? Well just Karen. Karen? Karen. Okay. Karen. Karen. Hey Karen. This is my this is my wife Karen. Um so we see like a TP, it's all torn up and covered in blood. And there's an old native woman in a red cloak. Um, she uh, she gives the the two our two leads the bird skull necklaces um, that Ginger specifically had in the first movie. I don't mm-hmm. know. Did you catch that? 
Uh, I did. I recognized them, yes. And I was like, oh, this is cool. They're going to, like, tie all this, like, prequel mythology in. And no, they're not. No, not really. <laughs> no. And she, she whispers, kill the boy or one sister kills the other. Then the horse gets nervous and it runs off and they have to chase it. While they're running, Bridget gets caught in a bear trap. Uh, Ginger has to leave her there and go back to the old woman for help. And um, she's Bridget starts screaming. Ginger can't find the old woman. We hear a wolf howling. And then a real, a real ass wolf comes up to her, uh, up to Bridget, and kind of growls at her. And there's a hunky, dark-haired, indigenous man who we'll find out is the hunter. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's his name. The hunter. He whistles and calls it off. Um, and then ginger knocks him from behind. He swings like a bolo at her, wraps her up. Then finally, like call, doesn't really calm the girls down, but he releases Bridget's leg from the trap. And he was only mm-hmm. trying to help. And he yeah. puts like a pulse on her wounds. <clears throat> this movie is very deep in the uh, native, I guess, native Canadian, the indigenous mystic characters. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's that eternal, <laughs> it's the eternal battle, right? It's an uphill battle for representation yeah. where it's like, okay, well, so yeah, it definitely acknowledges the existence of indigenous Canadians, but then, so that's like a check mark in the plus column, but then it just, confines them to these incredibly stereotypical like yeah wise noble uh hunter and silent yeah like a mystical seer role yeah Uh, yeah and again it's one of those things where it's just like you know there's an opportunity to do a lot more with this and these characters and they just don't capitalize in of any series that we've covered this would be the one that would do something a little bit different you know what i mean yeah, you would hope so. Um, and yeah. who knows, maybe with the original uh, creative forces from the first one, you might get something different. But, you know, again, it's like, yeah, it's not it's not some sort of great crime they've committed. It's oh, just no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it just comes up short. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get to Fort Bailey. Uh, there's scratches all over the door, and they're like sharpened posts with blood on them. They get let in, um, and it's uh, it's pretty grim inside. We see a priest reading the Bible, like it's a reverend, I guess, uh, reading a Bible over the grave, over some mm-hmm. graves. Uh, and we see the guy who played Jeremy in the last movie. Uh, he's in this one now, named yeah. Finn. It seems like a missed opportunity to just recycle a lot of the same cast members from part two in part three. As soon as I saw him, I dove into IMDb and I was like, oh, I wonder who else that they cast in both these movies. Yeah. And I think this is it. I think it's just this guy. I think it's just those three. Yeah. The three, yeah. the two I mean, mains and him. Right. Obviously. Yeah. But it's, yeah. If you're going to save money on, uh, you know, doing these back to back productions, it's like. Who's the who's the main antagonist guy in Unleashed? What's his character? Uh, name? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler could have very ably played one of these asshole uh, fort, you know, guys. Uh, who's yeah, the main yeah, totally. the main creep, James? Right? Tyler yeah, could have that yeah. guy, guy could have played James easily. Yeah, <laughs> From, exactly. You know? I, I I agree. Um, I mean, you know, whatever. We're gonna maybe the art the 
actors weren't available, but it sure. is like a weird. It's weird to have one person from yeah. the previous movie and not the others. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so we meet the sergeant major of the fort, the aforementioned James, uh, and he's pissed that they were even let in. He's pissed about everything. Uh, he's like, we don't ever open the gate for people we don't know. And he slaps the guy who let him in and then gets pissed off at Ginger for talking. And he's like, here we don't talk out of turn. And while I'm spitting, it's always my turn. But I see that it's the I, but I see it's not the first time your mouth has been in trouble, which doesn't totally make sense. Is that a, he's talking about blowjobs? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do they I give really blowjobs? <laughs> Hi, Price's mom and sister. Hope you're enjoying our coverage of the Ginger Snap franchise. Yeah. And, and now, answer- Price, do you think they had blowjobs in the 1900s? Of course they did. Okay. Ugh, I don't want to think about that. Everybody's so gross and dirty. Anyway. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, you were gross and dirty, too, so you're, like, used to that. Haven't you ever Haven't you ever been in a Whole Foods and, like, had, like, a couple of hippies walk past you? And they both stink, you know, the man and the woman. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Like, all that bo and light, <laughs> lightly scented with patchouli. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, patchouli. Yeah. Uh, everybody is freaked out by Bridget's leg wound from the um, bear trap, and uh, Ginger explains to them that they were accompanying their father, uh, and I guess their mother was there. Their boat overturned. Both of their parents drowned. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, and I'll just I'll spoil this now because spoiling it doesn't really matter. This is later revealed to be a lie, but we don't find out what actually happened, and it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, is it, what is that about? What I don't know. That's why. I, yeah, well, that's why I mean, say it's. Do you mean when when Bridget says, basically, is like, wait, our parents drowned? That's news to me. Like, yeah, like that. Yeah, I think I interpreted that as. Their parents did drown, but they, um, you know, she lied to Bridget just to like make her feel better. Yes, yeah, like, they're both adults. I don't know. Right? Yeah. I and see, I interpreted it as, you know, she was saying that sort of sarcastically, and she's like, "Well, you know, they did die," mm-hmm. um, as saying like, "Well, it's not that far from the truth." But then that's like all they ever say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting pissed off about this movie. You know what? You know what I would have done? Have what? them be werewolves from the fucking beginning, and then sure. have them have them both like keeping it a secret, and then they go ape shit and kill everybody. You know, like I don't know. I, yeah, it's just that would have been more interesting. Because yeah. they make it, they do make it seem like oh maybe these girls are hiding something, but they're not yeah. really. They're I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're onto something there because honestly, like, who gives a shit about Jeffrey and his dad? Like, nobody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, the the head of the fort, Wallace, tells him to go see Doctor Murphy. Um, the doctor checks out Bridget. He puts some leeches on her wound, which freaks her out, rightfully so. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, and apparently. You know, they set up that this is some sort of test while she's putting he's putting the leeches on her leg because Wallace is like at the ready with his sword behind his back. Um, but then like the doc, the leeches go on her leg and the doctor gives him a look and he, he like puts it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he knocks <laughs> the doctor knocks her out with some ether. Uh, and then uh, 
Did this Dream. make you want some ether? Yeah, I want some ether. <laughs> I, I mean, it really legitimately, I was like, I could, I would do that right now. Have you ever done ether? Have you no. done ether? No. No, okay. I've never done ether, but watching her do it and what I know, I mean, like, I've done, like, have you done poppers? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, have Hi, I? Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom and Sarah. <laughs> I don't think I, uh, no. No, I haven't done poppers. I've done, like, the Rush, mm. you know, like that, like, shit you buy at, like, a head shop okay yeah yeah i mean poppers we used to get those at circus of books and silver lake um they're very popular in the gay community um but yeah maybe, those are maybe always it's the fun. same thing because we bought my friend my friends and i like went to like either a porno store or a head shop i don't uh-huh. remember which yeah one might have been next to the other and bought something that smells really strong and you huff it and then yeah gives you a head yeah, rush you just go in and you ask for uh vcr head cleaner because that's what it like that's what it was Jesus it's like Christ. they sold us that <laughs> yeah and you just huff it but it's like yeah you just kill i mean it's like huffing pain or anything else where you're just like it's like minor brain death you know I, like, for like 10 a, seconds but it feels great it's, it's so like oh, oh, oh yeah i feel oh my god and then you like come back to it anyways yeah, um, I saw the ether and I was like, I think mostly I just missed being at parties where people had poppers and things like that. What do they call like the CO2 cartridges, like the nitrous cartridges? Uh, What's that's, this? Oh, yeah. Whippets. Whippets. That's yeah. Right. Whippets that's are right. very similar. Whippets almost exactly. I mean, the feeling is very, very similar. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Ginger starts to notice that the fort's nearly abandoned, and he asked, she asked the doctor about it, and he's like, oh, there's something in the woods. Um, Finn shows him around the main cabin, uh, and the, the Indians told them that this was a bad place to build a fort, but they didn't listen. They built the fort anyways. Uh, they sent a trade party out that was supposed to return to the fort two months ago, but there's no sign of them. Then he brings him up to uh, Jeffrey's room and explains that the captain Wallace, whatever his station may be, his son and mm-hmm. his wife, it's his son's old room, and they died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, then it's dinner time. The ladies come down. The men are all impressed. We should eat here more often. And Reverend Gilbert <clears throat> gives his blessing and he's really, he never stops giving the girls the stink eye this entire movie. Yeah. He's, uh, real he's creep. very put off by him. He's a creep. Yeah. And then he's, he like says something like, don't give in to the temptations of the flesh. And Ginger cuts him off with an amen. And he's pissed. <laughs> and then uh, some slob of a dude, Seamus, I guess it's Seamus, mm. warns Ginger that the reverend's fixing in on her. Um, Hunter comes in, interrupts dinner with his big ass wolf's jawbone. Um, and J- James makes some. Oh, we try. James is is straight up racist against the indigenous people. Yeah, he's just the all purpose asshole. He's the all purpose asshole. He's he's like mean to the girls for no reason. He's power hungry, and he's also racist. <clears throat> and we we later learn Seamus is um has a, a a native wife and son now uh so he's always like needling him and then um he clearly hates it he gives like a shitty toast to the indian friend over here and seamus like you know defends the hunter 
Um, it escalates into a fight because James accuses the hunter of as like an an inside agent trying to get them all killed or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the hunter has a a higher voice than you would expect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't have to. Yeah, he doesn't have a deep manly voice or anything, but he's a he's a grade A hottie. Yeah, he is. He is. A, he looks familiar too, but I couldn't really place him from anywhere he's else. He's done a bunch of acting in small roles yeah. and stuff, but yeah, he's nothing big. But like, I mean, he's still at. He's still working. And he does, I'll say, he works outside of Canadian TV. He works yeah. in American TV, too, so you've probably seen him in something. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so they're interrupted by wolves howling outside, and dinner's over. Uh, the girls go up to their room. Reverend Gilbert is, like, following them. It's like, good Christian, good Christian women need to not, need not be afraid or something. Some bullshit. Accusing them of being painted hewers. Um, so they learn that this fort's been under attack for two months. Um, and the reason why like James and everybody is so suspicious of them is like, they just walked right in here with, you know, no resistance from the wolves outside basically. Right. Right. Uh, which doesn't really pay off. Like, no, that's why I was like, Oh, maybe they're already wolves and we just don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so they lock the door behind them. Bridget finds a bunch of toys that are coincidentally of wolves and soldiers being attacked <laughs> by the wolves. Uh, Ginger gets We get some quick horror flashes. Like she's sleeping. We get some like horror flashes of like, you know, bloody shit. Then she grabs, she <laughs> a lot of up, flashes, grabs, a lot of flashes, a lot across of flashes. This whole movie. Yeah. yeah. She grabs a candle and then goes to fetch more water and she hears a noise and she investigates and sounds like a little kid crying and uh, kind of sees some glimpses of him behind a wall, behind a door. And she opens it up and he's crying in the corner and mm-hmm. she slowly walks towards him. He turns around and of course he's deformed and he pounces on her and she screams. And then uh, she wakes Bridget up and says, we're getting out of here. And she's bleeding something bitter. It was well, Jeffrey bitter, her, the son. Uh, they grabs a sword off the wall and they leave. Um, and then like they're like, this is a missed opportunity too. Cause they come to mm-hmm. the, the gate and ginger does this like cool sword flip and sticks it into the ground. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, maybe she's a badass, and we just don't know yeah. it. The other thing I didn't like about this is just like this, her getting bitten here by this, uh, wolf boy, for lack of a better word. It was confusing. Um, yeah, it's confusing, but then it also like it just kind of it contributes to the inevitability of this story that makes it slow and boring to me. Yes, which yes. is just like if I would if it was up to me if you told me okay Ginger or Bridget or whoever has to get bitten and transform, it's like well maybe we could have a like maybe we could draw it out longer to see if it's gonna happen. Because it's like, we've all seen the first movie. I don't know how many people are just, like, tuning into Ginger Snaps back the beginning without having seen Ginger Snaps. Yeah. And it's like, this is just setting off the same timeline that we have in the first one. Where it's like, okay, now she's going to transform over the course of the movie, and then eventually she'll be, you know, 
And they're going to wrestle with it the whole time. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I know where this is going. Like, why did this have to go down quite the same way? You know? Um, so they uh, they lift the bar off the door, but they get caught by James. James roughs him up a bit. And he's like, get up. That rowdy, pretty mouth of yours again. And G- Ginger put, puts up her dukes. And... Um, they like kind of have a little altercation, but then Bridget gets to drop on him with his own gun. Um, just then, wolves start pounding on the gate, and they sound an alarm or they ring a bell more accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the dudes, I guess it's Owen or something, gets pulled out through a crack in the door. And a wolf is just like tearing him apart. Blood's flying in. Body counts up to two. There's that initial person being killed at the beginning i didn't i didn't call it out but that was okay body okay. number one got it the men get the bar back on the gate and the girls run off into the fort the reverend surprises them surprises them and is like there's one of them inside the wall and he points to a, a hole in the wall and so he's like here come in here and he locks him in a shed and there's a fucking wolf in there he tells him to burn in hell <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. big escalation for this guy yeah, and there's like no. It, this is just, it's it's like so rudder. It's kind of like rudderless. Where it's like, wait, how did he know there was a werewolf in there? How did the werewolf get in there? And he just like points at a hole in the fence. He's like, oh yeah, a werewolf got in. And it's like, wait, yeah. when? What? Like it's all fucking confusing, and it kind of it's just like yeah, this this feels out of place. It's like the things that are. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. It's the, I think we got another case of a movie that I'm going to like less as we talk about it. The more you talk more. about it, yeah. yeah. I think it might be in the same boat. Yeah, but uh, he like yeah, he locks him in with some werewolves because apparently he knows there's a werewolf in there. And what's his plan? Why is he locking them in with a werewolf? We don't know. He doesn't like them. He doesn't like know. them. Um, yeah, it's never made clear. It's like, oh, is he going to tempt the men? I don't know. Anyway, they get cornered by the werewolf and then thwack, an arrow shoots right through its eye. And uh, we reveal hunters behind it with a bow and arrow. He shot it. Um, they run into Wallace and tell him what the Reverend did. Um, and then Hunter says, it has come black and red. And then Ginger's nose starts bleeding. She's got a fever all of a sudden. They get, they, they get uh, Bridget brings her up to their room. They get her many garments off. And she has a bite on her shoulder, mm-hmm. which I was confused about. I forgot about the whole thing with the little kid when I saw it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so I guess she did get bit in the woods. And they were right. hiding it this whole time. And now we see. But then, no, it was a little kid. I, yeah. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, the men are repairing the walls. Ginger's all sweaty. We get some brief nudity, which is the first in the series. It's a body uh, double. It's a body double. Yeah, I looked, I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which this is the second time we've had a Catherine Isabel body double nude scene on. Yeah, she doesn't uh, want to do nudity. I respect her for it. I respect um, that. Um, she's, yeah, more power to her. She's uh, very pretty. I, I mean, I would have respected her either way. I should clarify. Pretty um, woman. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like Robert she's, <laughs> she's walking down. Uh, she's clearly sick. Um, she looks around for Bridget, runs into the hunter. He backs her against the wall and pulls her shoulder down like a, a strap off her shoulder and sees her bite, puts some more pulse on it. And they start making out. 
and she's got fangs in her mouth. You see, but oh, mm-hmm. it's a, is it, is it a dream? Is I guess it's a dream because yeah, it's a up. dream. And this was one of the only times in the movie I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. I if, I would be down if this got a little sexy, you know? Yeah, like sexy werewolf women. Like that would give yeah. vol- volition or validation rather for the reverend's like hatred of these two women. It's like, yeah. oh yes, yeah, because like now we got a sex pod in this like fucking fort full of desperate men. Yeah, absolutely. They could they could fucking rip their way through all these horny dudes and instead it's like, no, there's one make out and it's a fucking dream sequence. Yeah. So she wakes up, she's covered in blood. Uh Bridget brings her over to Dr. Murphy and some of the guys we see are dragging one of the dead werewolves by. Um then we, I, I guess we get, I don't know if we get a glimpse of her. I guess we have a vision of her or we hear her. We hear the elder lady saying, kill the boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, flashback. And then they walk in to Dr. Murphy's office and Finn is in there and his notice nose is bleeding and he's chopping up all the leeches. And uh, Dr. Murphy comes in with a shotgun drawn. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got bit last night, didn't you Finn? Um, he like tells him to put the knife down and to get one of the leeches and then put it on his chest. It's very the thing uh, with like that blood test with the torch. Totally. And he puts the leech on his chest and starts screaming. It's going nuts. It's like growing hair. It's hard to see what exactly is happening. The leech gets really big, really fast. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then uh, Murphy just blows his head off. Uh, body count of four. And ginger realizes like oh okay that's what happens if they find out you're a werewolf let's get me the fuck out of here and they they make some <laughs> shitty excuse and leave uh so then the, the the dead werewolf is like his name is jean pierre and they know this because he has a tattoo <laughs> a werewolf tattoo yeah um he's part of the crew that disappeared and they cut its eye out its glass just like jean pierre had classic jean pierre yeah French fuck. Uh, the Reverend gets all fire and brimstone about it and is like, We are reaping what we've sown. Um and then Seamus proposes that they leave and Hunter can like lead them out of there. James is real racist about it and doesn't trust the hunter. Uh that's when we find out about Seamus and his indigenous wife and kids. Um and then uh Wallace says that he wants to stay at the fort and fight because he wants revenge for his wife and his son. Uh, so Ginger and Bridget go in the house. Ginger kind of figures it all out right there that it was Wallace's son who bit her and he's loose in the house now. Uh, big leap of logic there for, for <laughs> Ginger to like kind of just be like, oh, yeah. his son didn't die. That was his son. She figured a lot of shit out real fast uh, real for, our fast, benef- yeah. for our benefit. Exactly. Um, so we got Jeffrey, the werewolf boy, loose in the house. Ginger's starting to like change. She's starting to like be able to smell blood in like people's necks and shit. Uh, Wallace goes to bring food to Jeffrey, his son, and sees that the door is open and he's gone. And finds Ginger's bird necklace that apparently got dropped. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't know if I appreciate that they didn't. I don't think they really telegraph that, that, that Ginger lost her necklace. 
Mm. Yeah, I didn't. Did, did I didn't notice really it. And point of that. No, this I is the first time I noticed it. it. Yeah. I almost criticized the movie for like not really signposting that, but I guess I actually do appreciate that they were like, oh, now because then mm-hmm. we'd be looking, knowing that that right to come, right. Um, so he knows that Ginger was in there. And then uh, Ginger's washing her face, and the brother, the dead guy, Claude, appears to her. And he talks about how an old man warned them. I didn't really get the point of this Claude character, like, kind of sneaking up <laughs> on Ginger and just kind of being creepy. I don't and know. That, well, yeah, I mean, and it seems like he just exists to tell his story about his dead werewolf brother. Yeah. And it's like, why? I don't care about that either. That's um, that's a scene that I feel like just could have been cut. Like, I absolutely. Don't know learn, learn much there. 100%. Uh, the, we get a little montage of they're burying Finn and Owen. Uh, Ginger's burning up and puking. <laughs> I assume blood. Yeah, blood. the old blood puke. Everybody, everybody loves it. Yeah. Uh, the Reverend giving the stink eye to Seamus and his son. Uh, Ginger sees a little boy while while he's she's in a fever dream, and I wrote that he looks like Anthony Soprano with a dark He Man haircut. <laughs> um, <laughs> this the I gave a lot of credit to some of the production elements of this film. Apparently, the wig person did not get their budget filled because <laughs> between Bridget uh, or I should say so. So we've got Bridget in a weird wig in the first movie, and I feel like in this one, Ginger's wig sucks for a lot of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jeffrey's little wig is uh, hilarious. <laughs> it looks so stupid. It does. Um, the soldiers put the wolf's head on a pike outside and burn the body. Uh, then uh, Bridget's looking at Ginger's wound. It's it's pretty much all healed, but there's hair growing out of it. We've seen this before. We know it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridget goes to get her something for the pain and happens upon this drawing of wolves. And um, we see a woman with a dagger in the drawing and a halo, like kind of a halo, defending herself against the wolves, kind of implying that, you know, maybe the Bridget's the chosen one who's mm-hmm. going to, you know, stop all of this. Uh, Wallace comes up behind her and is like, Hey, where's your sister? He, I know that he let Jeff, she let Jeffrey out. And if the others knew and they find him, they're going to kill him. Um, so then he explains to her that, you know, Jeffrey had gotten bitten and is starting to change. So they have like a little bit of an allegiance. Um, and he gives a necklace back and tells her to look after her sister. Ginger is asleep in bed and, werewolf jeffrey crawls on top of her in this like kind of creepy one shot it's cool it's like you see the bed from the side yeah uh, jeffrey kind of slowly crawls on top of her it's all in like this cool one shot i did i did find this creepy yeah and he like touches her hair she wakes up and screams and he pulls like a hank of it out of it out of her hair um and she crawls he's like kind of cowering on the floor and she crawls over to him and uh, here's the the seer say, kill the boy. And then Bridget rushes in and the Jeffrey, the wolf boy, scrams. And uh, Bridget, uh, Ginger realizes, like, oh, that's the boy who bit me. 
I have to kill him. If I kill him, the curse will be lifted. Which is like new rules for this series, which we yeah. all know how I feel about new rules. Whatever, you know what? It's fine. We it's can fine. we can Maybe withhold wrong. Ju- we can withhold judgment on this new rule until we reach the end of our story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Seamus is in his uh, cabin. He hears a bang, and he goes to investigate it. He crawls up into the climbs up into this loft area. And there's a really cool long shot of just the dark, the darkness. And then after a, after a beat or two, Jeffrey pounces. It's a good jump scare. Um, and Seamus falls back and hits his head. And outside, guys are looking for him for some reason. They come into his cabin. They find him dead on the ground. Body count's up to five. Uh, and then James finds the piece of hair that Jeffrey had torn out of ginger's head mm-hmm. so they think that ginger killed him they take her while she's sleeping um he uh does a weird really weird creepy thing where she bites him on the hand i think and then he's like oh you had to bite it again and bite it harder good good and deep this time and he drips the blood onto her face <laughs> it's really Creepy. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. Um, and then Wallace comes in to the rescue, pulls a gun on him. Uh, and then in the hallway, he passes Seamus's son. James does, and he's like, "I'll get you, boy," because he's a racist. Wallace knows what's up, and um, he's like, "If you tell the man about your sister." Um, oh no no basically they make a pact like if you don't tell the man about my son I won't tell the man about your sister right uh, so then he has the guys let Ginger go and then um, the reverend tells Murphy to prove like that Ginger's not a werewolf so get a leech let's do the leech chest the leech test the on leech him. test again yeah and then Wallace fucking shoots murphy to death yeah because he's just trying to do his job of doing the test yeah like i have a shock (laughs) yeah body counts up to six it's really shocking but then again it's like kind of like i can see wallace deciding to do that in the spur of the moment because he doesn't know what else to do yeah then like nothing else comes of it yeah, you would feel like there'd be an out-and-out mutiny if you did that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they just kind of move past it, and again, it feels Yeah, odd. they really do. Uh, so then he sends the rest of the guys out and tells Ginger to pack her things. Um, so she once again repeats that she has to break the curse. She has to kill Jeffrey. Uh, Ginger grabs Bridget and promises that, like, I, I, I won't kill you. Uh, and we get a, a shot of, like, blood or something swimming behind her eyes then uh bridget gives her back her necklace and then ginger grabs a knife and leaves um and then as on her way out ginger hears seamus or ginger hears james throwing seamus's son out of the gate just like kicking him out his name's milo and like did we have a proper introduction to this kid at no any i point? think we see glimpses of him but we never okay. really like 
Oh, that's Seamus's son, Milo. Yeah, because yeah. like this scene is where he becomes like a kind of large piece of the plot for a little while, and I'm like, wait, who is this? Am I supposed to know this guy? And, yeah, yeah. It's never they don't do a very good job with it. Um, so he even like calls him a half breed and a mongrel to add, you know, just more to the reasons why you hate James. Right. Uh, Ginger goes to the cemetery for some reason. She sees Jeffrey there, and he's dug his mom up. Um, and I wrote, like, how did she know he was going to be there? His face is real ugly, real nar-nar. Um, she puts a blade to his throat to kill him, break the curse. Mm-hmm. But she can't do it. And then one of the soldiers sees him and shoots the shoots like the grave and they both run out of there. Um, Hunter enters the bedroom with Bridget and like, it's too dangerous for you here. Um, he's I, I've seen your face in my dreams since I was a boy. The dreams told me to protect you and I'm forbidden to kill ginger. The seer believes that our fates are tied together and uh, I got to get you back to the seer. A lot happening real fast. Um, outside the, the men have found the boy and the Reverend pegs immediately. That is Jeffrey and he's a werewolf. They call Wallace out and, um, (laughs) James is like, Wallace, get out here. Having a little reunion. Good news, chief. Your boy's back from the dead. It's like (laughs) pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. He's a real asshole. Uh, Did you guys know that? Did you know that James is a prick? Real asshole. Wallace and James pull guns on each other. Um, but then Wallace looks at his deformed little boy, kneels down. He's like, son, look at me. And the son kind of scratches at him and runs off and Wallace shoots him in the chest. He falls into a well. And, uh, now ginger can't kill him and break the Mm -hmm. curse. So she, Mm -hmm. she starts crying. And, uh, Wallace says to her, like, we, we two owe each other nothing. So say your goodbyes, kicks him out. So they decide they have to find the old woman. They escape the fort. Ginger has her gray streaks back in her hair, like in part one. It's a good look. Uh, in the woods, they find Seamus' son, Milo. He says he can bring them to the hunter's cave. Uh, but there, there's some wolves nearby. We hear them, but Ginger ain't afraid. Uh, unfortunately, Milo dies off camera. <laughs> we don't Bridget like Bridget goes away and comes back and he's dead. Body yeah. counts up to eight. And it was Ginger who did it. She's puking up blood, classic blood puke. Um, and she tells Bridget, like, you need to leave. I'm going to kill you. Uh, they get to the hunter's cave somehow. It's an insane cave. I wouldn't want to live in there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bad. Cool game, it's very badass. Yeah, it is very badass, but it seems mm-hmm. cold. I'd be cold in there. And the seers in there as well. Um, and then, uh, so the curse is in your blood. Kill the before you were supposed to kill the boy before he bit you. Um, the hunter returns there. Right. I'm doing a really shitty job. Really, no, it's job. Right. It's 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 fine. Um, yeah. So this is like this is what I was uh kind of referring to earlier, which is like she wasn't actually saying that killing the kid would end the curse once she was bitten. You can't undo your infection. It's just that 
Oh. She was saying oh, she was that. like, just kill him before he yeah. bites you. Yeah, you have to kill him before he bites you. And it's like, oh, duh. Well, no <laughs> shit, that would have helped. But it's like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for oh, that. Oh, you know, I, I, I think I missed that. Yeah. I apologize, listeners. If, if nothing else, you expect excellency on my part. And I mm-hmm. feel like I have done you a disservice by missing that plot point in Ginger Snaps Back. Yeah. So, for that reason, it's a Mary. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh the hunter explains that when the white people came so did the wendigo and with with the wendigo would come two sisters the red and the black and their love and their death would decide the way of things um it's like a classic <clears throat> sorry i'm starting to lose my voice a little bit mm-hmm. a classic uh uh tale <laughs> Of the red and the black. Yeah. The seer checkers, offers. You know? What's that? Checkers, checkers yeah. <laughs> the seer offers Bridget a hallucinogen. Um, and they slice her. He sli- uh, what's his face? The hunter slices her palm like in part one. And uh, paints her face with blood. And then she starts to trip balls. We get a, hallucin- a hallucination sequence. I mean, we really don't. We just kind of. It's a boring hallucination sequence because yeah. we kind of just see what's about to happen again, but a right. little more like surreal, a little, not much. Yeah. Um, yes. I watched this and I was like, if the end of this movie is just this sequence again, I'm going to be fucking pissed because this is a waste of my time. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's uh, not explicitly that. So no, no. And okay. I guess it does do a little bit of the the turn at the end. I guess it does help with that. Yeah. Basically, she um, foresees her stabbing Ginger. You know, instead of like rescuing the hunter, the hunter's about to cut Ginger's head off. Um, but then uh, she ends up stabbing Ginger and killing herself. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, then she wakes up in the cave, and the seer is dead. Yeah. Body counts a nine. Um, the hunters loading up arrows. Apparently, while they were both tripping out, which I didn't realize he was also tripping. <laughs> yeah, that was made. That was not made clear until after they wake up, and he's like, "Well, she's dead now. Ginger killed her." Yeah. Um, and then uh, the hunter says, "In my vision, I saw myself die. I gave my life so that you could kill her." They go to the fort, and. Hunter like immediately turns her over to James. I thought it was a double cross. It's not. It's just little a little uh play acting to get mm-hmm. to fool James. Uh later Bridget's tied up in one of the shacks. The Reverend comes in and is being all creepy towards her and he offers her forgiveness. Um and then she says uh, she she had a dream that she saw the Reverend screaming for his life. And calls him a prick and spits in his face. And I'm like, what dream? We didn't see that. I don't know. Not, not that I need everything spoon-fed to me, but I just didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. Uh, he's going to burn her at the stake like a witch. And um, then Ginger comes to the front of the fort in this like badass cloak. I guess it's badass. It's kind of cheesy. 
What was your thought on a cloak? You like the cloak? I, I think, I mean, it's a little cheesy, but I like it. It's yeah, just like, I like it too. one of the things that this movie is missing, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about like when she fake makes out with a hunter, is it's like, could you just have a little more fun? Could this just be like a little bit more, um, you know, it's like we, we like horror movies that are, um, that are a little bit, uh, What's the word? I mean, you know, you like a good B movie. You like stuff that's like trashy, sexy, violent. Yeah, campy. Like, yeah. Campy, a little exciting, just anything. And it's like, yeah, like at least here at the end, we get some excitement. We get Ginger's a little bit more interesting just because she's a fucking half werewolf now or whatever. But it's like, this whole movie is just like, kind of just sits there limp for so long. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, the Reverend's about to light the pyres. And that would burn Bridget. But then the hunter shoots him in the hand with an arrow. And Ginger says she's come for his sister. She punches James. Or James punches her. They get into a fight. Wallace picks up the torch. Um, Ginger tells James that he hits like a girl. Which I don't know if was a saying back then, but it's fine. Um, and then Wallace ends up stabbing the reverend through the stomach. Forgive me, father. For I have sinned. <laughs> Just, uh, it was yeah, and you know what? I kind of enjoyed this because that guy's a prick, and it was nice to see Wallace finally just do something besides yeah, yeah. just be a little bitch boy. <laughs> um, the, the, the Reverend catches on fire from his torch. Body counts up to ten. Um, and James to Ginger's like, "Your pretty little mouth got something to say. Let's hear it." She's like, "Come closer. It's a secret." And then we got a cool, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show shot of her mouth with fangs. Mm-hmm. And she whispers something to it to him, but we can't hear it. And then the wolves start howling at the gates. And he looks all scared, and she slashes his throat with her claws and blood sprays. Body counts up to 11. She opens a gate. Wolves rush in. They make short work of two of the guys at the camp. I'm not sure who they are. Body counts up to 13. Another pounces on Wallace and bites his face. The hunter shoots it with an arrow, and Wallace cuts Bridget free. His face is all fucked up. His face is all fucked up. There's a lot of wolf carnage. The hunter's shooting wolves left and right. Wallace starts pouring gas around the cabin and lights it up. It goes up. And then um, uh, the hunter shoots wolves and when he and Bridget get cornered, one bites him and slashes at his back. <clears throat> and then, uh, Wallace sits down in a rocking chair in the burning building and then fucking blows his own brains out. <laughs> Body counts up to 14. Bridget finds the hunter and is like, you know how it must end. And he gives her his knife that she saw in his dream. Uh, ginger approaches him and Bridget turns to her and says together forever and plunges the knife into the hunter's chest. It's a double cross. It's a surprise twist. Body mm. counts up to 15. The two sisters hug. And Ginger's like, I was wrong to leave you, Bridget. And Bridget says, but you came back. The cabins burn. They close the gate of the fort. And in the woods, they're in the woods. Bridget's cold. This is something that's been repeated from a previous scene. Ginger's like, I'm not. And then Bridget cuts her palm they make a blood pact, passing the werewolf, you know, infection from one to another. And uh, the day of reckoning, the day the curse got stronger, the red and the black, sisters united in blood, together 
forever. And that's the end of Ginger Snaps Back, colon, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, like, just right here and in the last scene with the seer before they go on their drug trip, again, I think they're, like, flirting with and dancing around, like, almost tying this into something about, like, okay, so they're, like, white colonists <clears throat> and the curse the werewolf curse or whatever it is they're trying to kind of draw this um connection to uh you know the the impact of colonization on like indigenous people and on the land and it's like and they just don't do it they don't go all the way and i'm like why not like you know we have this legend and it's just like yeah it it was there the opportunity was there and they just didn't take it i don't get it it's cool uh, that everyone else died. I'll say that. I like that. It is that. cool. It's the biggest body count of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that they, this is the, you know, the third movie, presumably the last movie, the sisters are united and they actually right. are together forever. Yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy that ending. I agree with you. I think, and I think like the decision that gets made here by Bridget at the end is interesting because it's almost like it seems like a rectification of the, the ending of the first movie. Yes, exactly. Right. Which like works for the first movie and it's makes it very sad. And so this is like the kind of interesting, like mirror of that, like what would happen if their sisterly bond, like persisted through all of this. Yeah. Uh, I just wish I cared about either Uh, one of these characters more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's too bad. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of characters and caring about them, uh, favorite character from the movie. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Okay. Ah, it's tough. It's a t- another tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Wallace. Okay. And I don't have much of a reason, <laughs> other than I, I kind of like his his arc. I guess you could say. Um, Sure. It, it is. It is nice to actually have some someone in power on their side, kind yeah. of all, through it all. Um. Yeah, I guess that's a. Sure. I mean, I think it's also like his storyline is at least sort of interesting in that uh, he's he's kind of like he's like the dad of the zombie. It's it's you know it's the very night of the living dead like I'm gonna hide my werewolf kid and sure yeah even yeah. though even though I'm trying to do a good thing I am going to be responsible for the deaths of literally everyone you know yes yeah um, yeah totally my favorite character I think is the hunter okay. um I kind of like the the actor uh he's a very hunky dude um so it's nice to get a little man candy that's not. <laughs> Um, like a rapist like Tyler in the last movie, who was also, you know, some decent man candy, but, uh, you know, harder to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's cool. He's a badass. He, like, you know, saves, uh, you know, he's definitely, like, the biggest badass of anybody around, and he does some cool stuff, and then he dies um, because, uh, you know, uh, sisters, what's the, what's the... Uh, saying that not bros before hoes the sisters you reverse before it. misters yeah sure that it's not as fun but yeah <laughs> anyways that's um, my answer <laughs> cool um so moment that aged the worst this movie's only 16 years old at this point um mm-hmm. 
do you have something? Because I do have something. Uh, I don't want to keep going first and maybe potentially robbing you. Sure. Of no, I don't think you're going to pick mine. Mine is one that I already alluded to earlier. And it's kind of a little wink and a nudge because it's not really, it's not a moment from the movie in 2004 that aged the worst. Oh, sure. It is. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the, there's like a wax cylinder music box in the movie. And it's, uh, that was, uh, Something from like the late 1800s, early 1900s in this movie from 1815. So that aged very poorly. Oh, geez. Look at you. Uh, uh-huh. um, I, I don't know if this is a moment that aged the worst because it still exists. And it's just not one of my favorite tropes in movies. And it, I said it before. It's sort of like the, the magical, mystical mm-hmm. Native American, Native indigenous right. person. Uh, I'm just sort of sick of that. It's, it's, it's boring. Agreed. Boring yeah. and one-sided. Um, yeah, I mean it's I'm well because right it is also I think you know it's in the same turn as like the what's the the magical the magical negro magical negro yeah exactly so it's uh, it's kind of tokenizing and it's just like this is a movie that takes place. Um, in an environment where you would assume that the characters would interact with lots of indigenous people, which is like a perfect opportunity to give some of them roles where they're just people, you know, where they're just characters like anybody else and they can have their own personalities instead of being these like stereotypes that have to represent this idea of what, you know, um, you know, again, like an, an indigenous hunter and a seer. And it's like, a, you know, they, what if they were just Indian people who just like did yeah. normal stuff like and, anybody And they else? can still know the legends and stuff. Right. But like, it doesn't have to be like a silent man who's who like is great at tracking and has a wolf for a pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. Uh, so we certainly have more deaths to choose from in this movie sure. compared to the last. Uh, any any ones that stick out in your mind as being particularly the best? Yeah, I think there are a couple that are sort of entertaining. A lot of them happen uh, either off screen or one thing this movie does do that I just to level one more complaint before we get out. Uh, there were points in time when I was reminded of... Uh, and for people who, who follow action movies a little bit more, there's this idea that sometime around the not the first born movie, not the born identity, but it's, um, is it the born supremacy? The second one, which is the first to be directed by Paul Greengrass, the guy who did United 93 and then went on to do a bunch of, uh, he at least did the next two born movies, sort of this shaky cam style of action where it's really hard to tell what's going on. And this movie has a lot of that, unfortunately. I felt that way about a lot of the kills and a lot of, like, the werewolf action, which, in a way, it serves a purpose of not lingering on the werewolves for too long because they don't stand up to scrutiny as special effects. Um, But it's also, like, it's hard to track what's going on. So there's, like, a bunch of people that die, and it's just, like, a lot of frantic cutting back and forth and blood spraying around. and Yeah. Yeah. so I my nominee for my favorite death was Wallace actually because one he gets his face all fucked up which is cool he looks real gruesome 
But then I also just like that this is a trope you get, especially in zombie movies, but like you see it in werewolf stuff, anything where someone's like gonna turn Mm-hmm. Just the kind of like, I'm going to do a couple more things before I die, and then I'm going to off myself before I get the chance. So, uh, yeah, his sort of um, face mauling and then matter-of-fact rocking chair suicide was the one that, that sat with me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool moment. Um, I think for me, uh, it is the one-two combo of being one of the few deaths that's on camera a pretty good looking one and a surprise is Finn getting shot by Murphy. Sure. Um, yeah. After, yeah. after we see, cause it all happens really quickly and mm-hmm. it's a good head explode. It's a good, like it shot. is it definitely, they shoot it from behind so that they can use like a real exploding head prosthetic. Cause they yeah. don't have to have the face looking really good. And then, yeah, it looks like the top of his skull explodes. And it's uh, something I miss. Like now in a movie, somebody gets shot in the head. It's just like some CG blood coming out and some CG blood splattering against a wall. I yeah. miss the old, like the fucking Tom Savini, Dawn of the Dead headshots. Those are so dope. They're so absolutely like, a good yeah. headshot in a movie. that's practical. Use real fake blood. Mm-hmm. Real f- the as oxymoronic as that is real fake blood, not digital <laughs> blood. Yeah. You got me hooked, brother. I'm with you. Um, okay, then, uh, so this movie's scary. There's a couple of jump scares in this movie. Yeah. It's not like, it's definitely not as scary as the first movie. Where do you think it falls on the Carpenter scale? Okay, the Carpenter scale. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I got it. Um, uh, this is like... Right in the middle, I feel like, right? It's like a f- I think so too, yeah. Um let's give it a I'm gonna vote for Christine. That's my phone. Yeah, okay. Christine sounds good. Alright, cool. <laughs> We're really committing to this carpenter scale as of late. I mean this movie was kind of a yeah, yeah. I'm just wait I'm waiting for one that like really I'm waiting for what's when are we gonna see a real scary movie again, you know? I mean, I don't think we had a, for me, like, it was uh, Blair Witch. Yeah. Was the last, like, real scary movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then, so, finally, before our final segment, um, Mary Fuck Kill with this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably pretty obvious what yeah. my opinion, which is a kill. Um, mm-hmm. It's a soft kill. It's not yeah. a complete kill. Um, but it's not really a fuck-worthy movie, because I don't think it's very fun. Yeah, or very or very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to recommend, right? It's hard to recommend. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, friends of the show uh, that I've been talking with, fan of the Ginger Snaps movie. I immediately texted them after or, or tweeted them after the second movie. I was like, hey, you should uh, you mm-hmm. should check out part two. It's good. Yeah. This one, like, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I would recommend it to anybody either. Uh, and again, it's like we've had a lot of negativity uh, expressed. But at the end of the day, it's like it's one of those things where um, I, I I think I sub, sub, uh, subjected to more scrutiny because it's almost interesting. It's almost yeah. good. And this series also like raises the bar. Right. You know, a sequel 
based on the first, the quality of the first one. You know, again, to go back, we'll talk about this on Thursday's episode more in depth, but it's like the first movie is a good movie. Yeah. So yeah, when sure. you're following an actual good movie, as opposed to following like Friday the 13th, which is entertaining, but like the original is not some masterpiece, the bar That's is raised. Point. And when you miss it, uh, you know, you're going to get a critical response from me. And so that's how I feel about it. So it's also yeah. a kill, a kill for me. But again, I'm not, I'm not even mad at it so much as I am like, no, oh, it's too, it's too bad. It's too bad. It ended up like this. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I like to rate these movies on a, on a scale and it's mm-hmm. based on the other movies in the series. You know what I mean? And, and this for me is just doesn't compare. Sure. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, nice try, everybody. It was an interesting idea. Didn't work out. Better luck next time. Uh, speaking of better luck next time, let's see if Mike and I have some luck in our next segment, which is coming up right now. Okay, it's our final segment for today's episode, and it's a special one. We've got a very special guest returning. The quiz master, Ryan Martin. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Hello. Also known as the voice of Killstreak. Yes. AKA the voice of Killstreak, Kill Heezy, Rye Measy himself. <laughs> Josh Stewart's enabler. <laughs> as the voice of Killstreak, I do feel as though I don't really get enough airtime. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, you do. You are the only other person besides Eric and I to be on every episode so i'm the so. third voice of killstreak yeah that's right you're the third chair yeah I you're the your, voice uh, that everybody hears first though on what's his name yeah, so lafontaine what's that guy's name oh yeah ray was it ray or i don't the, know the 80s trailer about. guy he's the trailer right? guy I, I oh get the that guy, that, like, guy. The, in a world yeah like that kind yep. of mm-hmm. yeah yep. the og yeah that guy was great <laughs> um but yeah we are doing sort of a modified version um of Ryan's usual appearances. So we're doing a little chop quiz. If you guys are familiar, we, uh, we lifted something from the, uh, annals of Sporkle, uh, for our werewolf themed annals of Sporkle sounds disgusting. Yeah. It's either a nineties band or a nineties band (laughs) that couldn't get a gig and is doing porn. (laughs) That is, yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, it's like letters to Cleo meets, um, yeah, soft core behind the green door. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Uh, somebody make it. I'll watch it. But yeah, anyways. But we wanted to have. Uh, we 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 felt like we needed uh, a third chair here. We needed a, uh, a an objective third party to administer said quiz, and so we have the voice of Killstreak, Ryan Martin. Hey, 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 yeah. Ryan, so do you want to do you want to tell uh, us a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went through the werewolf quiz that you guys sent me. Um, felt like there was some uh, some holes in it, so I plugged a plugged a few <laughs> holes in that, Hell and yeah. uh, kind of put them in a new order and kind of made it so this quiz will work a little bit better. I think how we're gonna do it, uh, just for ease of um, of our sake, I think I'm gonna ask you guys questions one at a time. Yeah. And um, if you don't get it, we will um, we'll let the other guy take a shot at it. Uh, the format is I will name three actors. Three okay. actors who are in a werewolf movie, and then those are your clues to guess what werewolf movie it is. 
Okay, okay. I have a question. Now I have to ask because I'm the, I'm the one who just showed. Oh, I'm sorry, Price. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to know. So how strict are we going to be on title? I Because I can go either way. It's like if it's sort of like the spirit of it is correct, like, you know, if we don't get the subtitle quite right. Or oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about subtitles. Strict. Don't worry about that. In okay. all honesty, I mean, let's just go with – I mean, as long as you're not saying, oh, yeah, that the one – if you yeah, are if right. you are saying words from the title in the correct order, I think you're going to be fine. So um, you would you would accept say Ginger Snaps two without the colon unleashed. I'd probably be okay with that. I'm not going to lie to okay. you. Sporkle okay. is definitely fine with that. The limited information okay. that they have provided, um, <laughs> I even had to go and double check some things. Um, gotcha. Now, question for you guys, because I'm the one showing a plate mm-hmm. to the party. What uh, what series are you guys doing right now? Ginger Snaps. That's what yeah. I figured. That's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just this is uh, we're wrapping up the series on this episode. We just reviewed Ginger Snaps three, and on Thursday we're gonna give our official wrap up and rankings. Mm-hmm. Always fun to rank a series of three movies yeah. where <laughs> we clearly have uh, stated opinions on each oh, one. Oh, definitely. Does it at least get sexier <laughs> as it goes? No. It gets no. decidedly unsexier. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I up, would say that it's a straight downward slope in sexiness. Oh I will say, though, part two, you should check out. It's I like it a lot. I think you'd like it okay. as well. I do have to mm-hmm. say, I went I went back and rewatched Return of the Living Dead part three mm-hmm. and then re-listened to the podcast. Um, yeah. And it was just because like, I listened to a chunk of the podcast, and I was like, good Lord, I do not remember anything aside from the cover. <laughs> but your guy's yeah. little... um. Uh, mandala effect it freaked me out because i remember the living dead girl you do okay yeah totally uh, i i don't yeah. know where that came from but i I'm, remember i'm worried it's well, just because no, i was fig- a rob zombie Didn't... fan and that was a rob zombie I... song mm. no we figured this out that there was like a one sheet or something that they made oh, oh is that was... okay. all right yes so it was not imagined eric you guys you the both of you are not crazy okay. uh, this is a thing that existed at, at one point Alrighty, shall we jump into this? Uh, I'm Fuck thinking yeah. of a number between one and ten. Whoever's closest gets to go first. Uh, Eric, um, seven. And Price, three. All right, the number was seven, believe it or not. Hey. So Eric, you're gonna get the tip off. Okay. I realize, uh, so I totally fucked up the Price is Right rules. I should have said six. Like, what a, what a fool. <laughs> I would have lost anyways. So, okay. Eric, here we go. First, first set of actors. Here we okay. go. Claude Rains, Lon Chaney Jr., and Ralph Bellamy. The Wolfman. That is correct for one point. Hell yeah. I knew that too. All right. <laughs> Bryce, are you ready for your question? <laughs> I am ready. All All right, right, on here we me. go. Anthony Hopkins, Hugo Weaving, and Benicio Del Toro. Um, the Wolfman. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Was I going to do that any other way? No. Um, okay. All right, Eric, your turn. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We've got Megan Follows, Gary Busey, and Corey Haim. Oh. <clears throat> shit um Corey 
came. Gary Busey. <laughs> You're like, now I want to watch this movie. Yeah, I do. I don't know what I have no idea. Oh, okay. Is that a pass? That's that's a pass. All righty. Well, you're right, Eric. You do want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Bullet. That is correct. Oh, yeah. dang it. King adaptation. It's nuts. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. Yeah. I've read the comic that's based oh, on yeah, like, yeah, the graphic yeah, exactly. novel or whatever. But it, well, then yeah. you know how it goes. But yeah. the movie is just... if you, you liked Maximum Overdrive, right? I kind of liked it. Yeah. Then you'll I, like Silver Bullet. Yeah, yeah. Silver okay. Bullet is okay. definitely with with Gary Busey giving anyone advice. It's just magical. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So back over to Price, who's regained control. You ready, buddy? I'm ready. Okay. Shannon Elizabeth, Jesse Eisenberg, and Christina Ricci. Oh, fuck. Okay, I know this, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, what I mean is, it is is I'm like, yes, I know that Christina Ricci has played a werewolf, and I'm trying to remember where, and it's driving me insane. Um, okay, I mean, this has got to be like this is turn of the century. This is like late '90s, early 2000s with that cast. Um, I feel like. I was a big Ricci stan back in that time, so I feel mm. like I would know. <laughs> I can't remember for the life of me. Um, no, I got to pass. I got to pass it. Eric, any guesses? Um, is it like Red Riding Hood? It is not Red Riding Hood. Okay. It is called Cursed. Oh. Okay. Okay. I remember the box cover. Now, ready for this? Okay. Quick cast. Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Judy Greer, Portia DeRosa, oh. Shannon Elizabeth, uh, uh, Nick Offerman, Scott Baio, Craig Kilborn, Lance Bass. Lance Bass. It's, it's madness. It's absolute madness. When, wait, wow. when did this come out? 2005. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. More recent than I would have Yeah. But kind of cuckoo Holy banana shit. pants. All right, yeah. so that was originally Price kicked over to Eric, so it's Eric's mm. turn. Okay. Yeah, are we keeping score here? So we're playing to five. So I'm is keeping that score right? right now. Eric, you have okay. one point. Price, you have two. Two. All right, great. It was written by. Wait, it's directed by Wes Craven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And written by Kevin Williamson. It is a Scream reunion. What? Yeah, it's, wow. It's... Why have I never heard of this movie? <laughs> I must have seen this and just put it out of my head. All right, we got to watch this. Yeah. This is going on my Halloween viewing list. Yeah, I think I might have to revisit it as well. Okay. All right, so Eric, you ready, buddy? Yep. All right, we're going with... Okay. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spader, and Jack Nicholson. Wolf? That is correct. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I can't believe... They really took advantage of, of, of Jack Nicholson's sort of innate... Uh, animalistic yeah. tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Price. You ready, buddy? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Let's. All right. Michael Sheen, Scott Speedman, and Kate Beckinsale. I mean, 
there's like five of them. So I'm just going to go. <laughs> that with, is correct. I'm just going to go with Underworld. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> That's like, you really could have fucked me on that one if you wanted to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not an evil two, man. Me, yeah. me with two and Price with three. That is correct. Okay. okay. All right. All right, hold on one second. We might have to bring back our bed theme music for this one. Oh, Attention. yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready, Eric? Mm-hmm. All right, we got John Aston, Paul Sand, and Jason Bateman. Oh, um, Teen Wolf 2? That is correct. T-O-O, baby. <laughs> that, that's even better. <laughs> I love that they couldn't get Michael J. Fox back. Yeah. But they got back uh they got back uh Styles. Styles. Well he's the the heart and soul of oh, the first definitely, one. Really. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I love it. it's like, <laughs> Hey uh, you my boy's cousin, you a you a werewolf too? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Styles is really the curse follows him around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's kind of like how I, my theory is that Cameron is the main character of Ferris Bueller. Oh yeah, sure. no, Ferris definitely. Day I, off. I love that that. Well, you know that Tyler. Yeah, there's the Tyler Durden theory. Oh right, the, yes. The, oh, that's the good. movie's like about that. Cameron and that Ferris Bueller is his imagined id. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I like that. It's not real, but it's it's fun. All right, so Price, I believe it's your turn, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lay it on Here me. we go. It's three to three, right now. Three to three. Three to three. Let's turn up the heat a little bit. Okay. okay. Wit Bissell, Tony Marshall, and Michael Landon. A Landon joint. I was a teenage werewolf. That is correct. Oh, shit. That's great. I wouldn't have got that. (laughs) Yeah. It's Landon or bust, baby. That's all I had. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, the good news is he didn't do a lot of werewolf movies. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, Eric, you ready, buddy? All right. Julie Bowen, Julie Delpy, and Tom Everett Scott. Um, Julie Delpy in a werewolf movie. Fuck. I don't have it. Um, It's not Brotherhood of the Wolf, is it? Oh, uh, no, it's not. Damn it. Price for I was the expecting steel. that because that's actually a, a movie that Ryan and I have seen together. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this massive disappointment <laughs> I saw it in the theater. Uh, I believe it is an American Werewolf in Paris. That is correct. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I never saw it. I never saw uh, it. It's bad. Keep keep it that way. Yep, you're <laughs> good. You're good. If you if you watch American Werewolf in London and you say to yourself, "These special effects are great," but I wish that they were all <laughs> Late '90s era CGI. Oh, gross! Um, yeah, if we could just up the budget but lower the quality, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Price with five. That was, oh uh, shit! Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Destroyed. Man. Eric, do you do you want to give Eric one more just for shits and giggles? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Redeem, I'd love to. Let's okay. do it. Okay. All right. But I won. Just so everybody at home knows that's it's over. I just won. so everybody, just everybody, chill, okay? Yeah. Um. Right. Let's see. We let's go with D. Wallace, Robert Picardo, and Patrick McNee. Uh, 
the Howling. That is correct. Picardo. And Picardo, let's just do, yeah. Let's just do one more as if to say, like, if the, if the cards had played out differently, if okay. Eric would have uh, snatched this one up like a handful of gravy. Yeah, if he'd stopped handing me free food. You know? All righty. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Jenny Ogader, Griffin Dune, and David Knott. It's American Werewolf in London. Jenny, Jenny, I don't know how you pronounce that. Agater, whatever it is. Beautiful. And I yeah. feel like she's not in a lot of other stuff. And no, she's like no. so it had charismatic and just gorgeous. I'm like, why, yeah. is the, why is this woman not more well known? Yeah. Well, yeah, guys, that know. was a lot of fun. Thank Absolutely. you so much for, for coming on and doing this to us. And once again, yeah. Price <laughs> it to us <laughs> mopping the floor with me. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Hey, it's always my pleasure. Uh yeah. Once again, Ryan, the voice of Killstreak, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to come and uh make it look like I'm really smart. Yeah. Uh guys, if you want to send us quizzes or whatever the heck you want to say to us, you can do so at killstreakpod at gmail.com. Or go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter, KillstreakPod on Twitter. And um, Price, what's the update on that website? The, up, the website is, is she's live. It's KillstreakPod.com. I mean, if you want to listen to episodes, you can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's also mostly a, a way for us to gather new listeners. So, you know, if you're already a fan of the podcast, there's only so much that the website has to offer you. Yeah, spread the word. <laughs> hey, really yeah, selling yourself, guys. uh thursday we're gonna tell you guys our rankings for the ginger snap series and also let you know what our plans are for the halloween season yeah we got got some big announcements yeah yeah should be fun um yeah so come back on thursday um and as always good christian women need not be afraid